Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast, um, where um, the podcast works best if podcast people don't press the leave button when they main duke say, I accept that recording is happening. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> we're here to discuss two episodes of Star Trek today. Uh, we're going to be discussing uh, season four, episode 16 of Deep Space Nine, called Bar Association, which is a fun play on words. Mm. And... We are also going to be uh, discussing Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, current season, uh, episode six, Parth Ferengi's Heart Place. Um, with me, as always, is Michael Henley. Hello. How is everyone? Sorry, I went on strike there for a second. I'm sorry. Oh, great. Perfect. Perfect. Got Michael on strike. And we've also got Carrie Coleman Hinners. Oh, hello, human. Oh, hello, human. Yes. Yeah. Good to be with you, humans. Carrie, Carrie Human. how, are you, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing great. I was listening to, I talk like William Shatner a lot. I uh, want to, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I was listening to some of our previous Prime Subjective episodes and just really getting... Um, a kick out of listening to ourselves <laughs> <laughs> and I was really enjoying a lot of it uh I I had forgotten to the point where like I had forgotten we even said any of that so it was like all new to me all over again like I was just listening we've to done like 50, we've done like 50 things. plus episodes yeah I know and I couldn't remember and and I was listening to some more recent ones and I had thoughts that I'm like, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. I'm only thinking of this now. Or um, so maybe that means I'm not a good listener. Um, so I'm going to try to be a better listener. <laughs> I don't know. I think you, I maybe think I'm just listener. like taking, you know, uh, looking to it, into it. Maybe I just have more thoughts than I can express on a single well, podcast. <laughs> well, and as you know, we can't really go back and change things because that would, of course, break the temporal prime directive. And we uh, can't do that on this yes. podcast. It's yeah. well, we don't know. We don't know if we did that already anyway. Right, 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 right. That, so, that's, yeah. That's, that's a fair point. part of it. Man, wow. <laughs> well, on that note, Michael, how, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Um, I am... Um, I have a question for you actually before uh-huh. I answer that question again. What yeah. day is it? Um no, mm-hmm. things have been really intense at work, Monday. so I've been trying to uh oh Monday, yeah. Um uh things have been intense at work, so I'm trying to jimmy in uh you know basically uh, moments of uh fun and frivolity whenever I can. So we did pumpkin carving last night, me and a good friend uh uh up in uh, near Yardley. Uh, on Saturday night, which was a long tradition for me and uh, and uh, this particular friend, where we have a bunch of people over. Uh, I am um, I'm very soccer mom, like you know, pleasant soccer mom when it comes to uh, pumpkin carving, where it's basically just like I have no ambitions. I just want everyone to have a good time, you I'm know. Sure. Um, which is put out know. some snacks, just be kind to each other. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna drink some cider, and and I guess we're gonna drink some. I guess we're gonna carve some pumpkins, but whatever. And some people are very very intense about it. So it's uh it's 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 a fun mix of people who are kind of taking it seriously and people who are taking it mega seriously, uh, and their ambition paying off big time. So mm. um, 
very happy to do that. Uh, you know, it's starting to actually feel like fall here in Philadelphia, which is super fun. Uh, we have Halloween coming up next week, which uh, is a holiday I love. Um, just, uh, you know, as someone who gets to hand out candy, I just think that's fun. I love it Yay. so much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, things are good. Uh, me and my other half are going up to New York City also to catch a couple shows sometime this week. So we're excited about that, too. Very fun. That all sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are very pro Halloween here in Philadelphia and on this podcast in general. I mean, I, I know Carrie, are you pro Halloween? I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm assuming you might. <laughs> well, I'm not anti Halloween. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, good. I'll accept it. If oh, there I'll... was a holiday that I would say that I could be pro, it would be Halloween. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you said forget Valentine's Day. I don't care about that crap. Mm. I'm maybe pro. Maybe pro Halloween. Okay. Fair, yeah. fair, fair. I'm all, and I'm also um one of I'm also in the war against Christmas. I'm one of those people. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. The war against well, that Christmas. the Republican. Yeah, I'm one of the people that those Republicans are talking about. Oh yeah. Our, oh yeah. Our numbers are growing. like yeah. Take I'm putting X, I'm putting X on everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. You're making sure there's no Christ in Christmas whatsoever. That's correct. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. only about crass commercialism. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. and yeah, totally. I'm I'm on board mm-hmm. for that. That's great. That's great. It's lovely. Secular Everybody Christmas. war on Christmas. War, war okay. on Christmas. Uh, hot take. That's my hot take. <laughs> That's going to be the I clip that gets clipped out on Fox News for us, <laughs> the war, us chanting more on Christmas. That'll really take us to the next level. I can't wait. Yeah. Once, once you're targeted yeah. by Tucker Carlson, you know, you're really, mm-hmm. you're really on wait. the map. Yeah. My life's goal. My life's goal. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Well, how are you doing? How are you doing, Chris? See, the thing is, I wouldn't say it if you guys just gotta you gotta jump in there a little quicker on that one. You know we what I'm did. saying? <laughs> we was there was a beat. And we said, okay, now it's your turn. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I'm hanging in there. Yeah. I'm okay. hanging in there. Uh, I'm getting over yeah. a little bit. I, I had to cancel on you guys last week after we rescheduled because I was not feeling well. I'm recovering. I'm in a better spot, but I had a little bit of a cold going on. Okay. Um, feeling a lot better, but I'm still a little, a little bit coughing. Um, mm. But otherwise, I'm good. We, you know, we um, we had some friends over last night, Some who, a bunch of... Um, other other gays who live in the neighborhood so we're doing this sort of like every month the different couple hosts uh host the dinner so we hosted them last night and so you know there's nobody more judgmental than other gay people so i really had to be on my a game for it and so i we, we made a bunch of bread and, and warm grain bowls and soup and macaroni and cheese and so and, the, and i forgot that the other thing about that is that gay people don't eat a lot of food and so now we have so much food in left front, over in, <laughs> in front, front of, of each other people. yeah yeah, yeah right exactly right yeah. Right. So now we're now we're like really loaded up on food. <laughs> that's okay. We're we're set for the week though, which so that's nice. That's good. Now we're going to Provincetown for for the Halloween weekend, which is very exciting. Could be yes, fun. Yes, you did say that. Excellent. Yeah. Did you decide on your costume? Yeah, we're going to be the Witcher and Jaskier the Bard. <gasps> oh, okay. All right. Very cool. Who's who? Who's gonna be who? Who's gonna be yeah. who? Who do you think? Who do you think who's who do you think who's I don't who? know? It's Halloween. It's like a yeah, chance we... to be defy <laughs> we put... stereotypes. We don't put limits. It can be well, whatever I'm you actually, want. I'm actually being the Witcher because I don't know why, okay. because I wanted to wear the wig and all that. 
Um, yeah. the, the costume came out pretty great. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to go wear it out. My foam mm-hmm. swords came today. I mean, they've got a lot of like so cool. Witcher branded cool stuff. Like I've got like my sword for monsters that's made of like silver and then my sword for regular people is made of steel. They're both made of foam, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm very excited. And um, cool. it's going to it's going to be a good old time. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, other than that, things are good. Can't complain. But let's mm-hmm. let's stop talking about us. Let's start talking about uh Yeah. The, the Trek. Star Trek. The Trek Trek yeah. Trek. And so uh the first episode we should discuss is going to be Deep Space Nine Bar Association from season four. Um, we wanted to do some Ferengi uh related episodes, and that's what this one is. So let's do a little description of that and we'll we'll talk about uh, how we feel about it. Um, Quark's brother Rom collapses from an ear infection while working at Quark's. At the infirmary, Dr. Bashir is outraged that Quark refuses to give his employees sick leave and casually suggests that Rom form a union, which is illegal under Ferengi law. When Rom returns to work, Quark announces that he is cutting his employees' salary. <clears throat> Angered at the mistreatment, Rom calls a secret meeting of Quark's employees and persuades them to start a union. Inspired by Chief O'Brien's tales of his union leader ancestor, uh, Sean uh, O'Brien, who is in <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania, or Pennsylvania somewhere, in anthracite mm-hmm. mines, uh, yeah. Rob makes represent. up a list. Represent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob, Rob makes up a list of demands: increased pay, shorter hours, paid sick leave, and when Quark laughs them off, Rom declares that the new union is now on strike. Um, Rom pays customers to stay out of Quark's, and the bar is practically deserted after uh, Worf, O'Brien, and Bashir wind up in a brawl over a, a difference of opinion on the issue. Station Commander Captain Sisko threatens to collect Quark's back rent if the strike doesn't end soon. Quark offers Rom a bribe to stop the strike, but Rom, quoting Marx's Communist Manifesto, Workers mm. of the World Unite, mm-hmm. <laughs> refuses. <laughs> Did not know that's what he was doing. Um, Liquidator Brunt, an agent of the Ferengi Commerce Authority, arrives and promises Quark he will put a stop to the strike. Brunt crashes a union meeting and threatens the Ferengi workers with monetary ruin and legal problems if they don't return to Quark's. However, Rom Mm -hmm. inspires his troops once again and they rededicate themselves to the strike. Mm -hmm. Later, Quark tries to talk Rom into giving up, worried about what the FCA will do to his brother. But Rom holds firm, questioning Quark's concern for his safety. Back in the bar, Brunt has his thugs beat up Quark as an example. Um, in the infirmary, Quark offers to secretly honor the demands of the strikers as long as Rom disbands the union and pretends Quark has won, to which Rom agrees. Once everyone returns to work at their new higher salaries, Rom makes amends with Quark but quits his job at the bar to work for the station as a junior repair technician. Having realized that he does better outside Quark's authority, he promises to return to the bar frequently, frequently but as a paying customer. And there's only one sentence about the subplot with Worf. Yeah. <laughs> in a subplot, Worf is uncomfortable with the chaos of living on Deep Space Nine. And yeah. he moves his quarters to the Starship Defiant. <laughs> that's all <Yes>. it says. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the awesome. covers the whole thing. I mean, that's um, it. Yeah. And that's bar bar association. Um, also, Jadzia is really uh flirting real hard with Worf he doesn't realize it he's not he paying any attention to that yeah yeah Jadzia's like this is the man for me yeah well she's got the previous Klingon history right like she was she lived with the Klingons at one point in a previous uh, body she went mm-hmm. on some Klingon missions and <laughs> made friends I with a bunch of them ambassador yeah. Klingon mm-hmm. yeah okay 
made friends with the cling. I, you know what? I can't remember specifically what the heck she was doing with those Klingons. Took a blood oath with some Klingons. She got real to close up. to them. Mm-hmm. She got real close. I let's just talk about the Jadzia and Worf thing real fast because it was the s- smallest. Right. The one, part the one of sentence it. subplot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I like them together. I've, they're good chemistry. They got good chemistry. Those two, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Those I two think actors. So, yeah. Especially because Worf is such an inspired straight man. Like he does a lot mm-hmm. of you know very he, he like well Worf is very funny the more Michael Dorn is like he is getting the joke and and not trying to make him funny um mm-hmm. and especially when he plays off Jadzia mm-hmm. who is so free-spirited and so you mm-hmm. know expressive in her emotions and he's so reserved I, I I love that pairing so much she's a very strong character this is the fourth season right of deep space nine mm-hmm. so this is the season where historically all star trek uh series get like really get good quote unquote <laughs> we talked about this last week um but i think it's also by this point the actors have got a good handle on on their characters too and yeah. i think maybe jadzia in the beginning was unsure of how to play her so or I mean, Terry was maybe unsure of how to play her. I think I've heard her say this. Um, uh, I think she was yeah. so young when she started yeah, right. and she yeah. was supposed to have all of this like rich history. She's supposed to be really old soul. So I think that um, she it's really coming through now in the fourth season. Um, she's definitely very strong, very confident, acts as if she's clearly young but she acts as if she's got all of this uh wisdom so uh which she does so i think uh, i like that yeah there's a <laughs> I, I i'm not a positive when exactly it happens but there's a definite shift in if you watch very early ds9 like we did a couple weeks ago when we watched mm-hmm. um the move along home episode she's very kind of cold and reserved more soft-spoken yeah yeah. yeah, and it it seems clear to me that at the time, at the beginning of the show, they really wanted to position her as like, she's kind of the Spock, you know, just like Data is the Spock of next gen. And, sure. you know, and, um, you know, or at least they're kind of casting around to see who's going to be the Spock. Um, and I, I and I think their logic to that was because Jadzia, you know, has all these accumulated past lives kind of rattling around in her brain. It all just kind of equalizes and she's very zen. And I think at some point they decided that's actually not as dramatic as would be as if she's kind of in constant kind of um, not just emotional turmoil, because that, that happens sometimes, you know, when she gets, um, you know, when certain, you know, characters from her past come, you know, to, to the station and whatnot or memories or whatnot. But, you know, she's also very she kind of just doesn't give a shit, honestly. She's she's very kind of um, bohemian in a lot of ways. And I think that's when they really and kind of yeah. zero in on what's so great about her character. I think I think Deep Space Nine quickly gave up the template of other previous yeah. Star Trek for the better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. for the better. For the better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Who do we think the Spock is on on um, Strange New Worlds? I'm just kidding. It's uh, Spock. As well. uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also Spock. It's also Spock. Um, Spock is the no, Spock. I do I do like this, and I I, I do think though too this. The, the episode we watched last week uh, of Deep Space Nine, which was sort of like more whimsical, but like they didn't, it had some, sort of an unearned whimsy maybe. And this episode, yeah. I was like, 
this is sort of like lighter, but grounded in like these characters that we know well. And so I thought mm-hmm. it was more successful in that way, way of like a, a lighter, mm-hmm. more comedic kind of jaunt. And I really enjoyed that. Um, um, going back to the other plot line, the, the line that stuck out with me the most is when <laughs> when Fromm came back from the doctor and he was like, yeah, well, I've just been giving, I've just been getting too much umox. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's like, who's the lucky lady? And he's like, it's for me. It's just for me. Just like, my, oh, just man. me. And, so and then, and then he's like, unless you're offering. And then he offers up his ear to her so that she yeah. can give him umox. Oh my yeah. God. So you know, <laughs> these umox are so creepy. I, it's really impressive that, you know, he's, Rom long-term is able to kind of recover from that when it comes yeah. to him and Lita's relationship. Because that feels like, that feels like a deal breaker right there. And she's still with um, Bashir, Bashir in this episode. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. in the very beginning of this episode, we have, all right, let's break it down, guys. Let's break it down. We got Bashir. We got O'Brien. And they're going into the holodeck. So we're even showing their, like, um, bromance happening. Because yeah. they're, um, they're doing their World War II thing where they're fighting they're, the Jerry's as, uh, as uh, what's his name likes to say, as uh, O'Brien keeps saying. Yeah, but aren't they in some sort of more like? No, I thought they're they were not like in World War. II. Are they like Vikings or something? They're like or it's, it's they're something like more rugged, more, more medieval than that. Yeah. Oh, I thought he said that. Maybe I had it. Maybe I had it wrong. <laughs> I'm Scottish. Maybe, you know what? I'm thinking of another. I think I've watched another episode after the, they did that World where they War were doing II World War II. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, did that, yeah. And so that Bashir and Lita, they're still together. Lita says how cute he is. She gives him a peck on the cheek, but I don't see any chemistry there. I no. just don't see it. Bashir no. doesn't really care that he kissed her. The show Whatever. is the show is wise and about the fact that Dr. Bashir arguably has way more chemistry with Chief O'Brien and also Garrick. <laughs> and 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 of course they can't fully act on that chemistry of course because you know it's the Mm -hmm. mid-90s and it's network tv or Mm -hmm. broadcast tv um but it really becomes clear that just like let's focus less on dr bashir's relationships because i don't think that's where the money is like his romantic quote-unquote relationships right yeah the money is not there the money is not there Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. um so i kind of yeah go ahead chris yeah, I was gonna say they in a way it's like they they leaned into that a little bit with Riker uh, on Next Gen uh, with his romances, but they didn't necessarily need to do that with Bashir. I don't think we're not we're not here for that. We're not here for mm-hmm. his swaggering. He always felt sad when he tried to do that, like in the very, oh, very, very uh, he he, sad, he, yeah. he dropped it as his character grew, um, but mm-hmm, in the very yeah. beginning, it was a little like poor guy. Yeah, well, it felt very much like the the the. Um, the young guy going after the women who was out of, who were out of his league always. He's always just sure. like, oh, hey. So you know. yeah, yeah. Love and Lavar Burton directed this episode. Lavar. And um it reminds me of poor Jordy's romance. Oh yeah. Poor Jordy just did very awkward with the women. Yeah. Jordy deserved better. <laughs> well, and Lavar himself is like not a, a he's he's a pretty Sexy guy. So it's a shame that they sure. didn't like lean into that and allow him to mm-hmm. not just be some incel who hangs out with the woman who created the, uh, <laughs> the Enterprise. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. I mean, it's like 
Yeah. But um, you know, or 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 be in love with a woman who turns into her own dog at one point, right? Is that mm-hmm. with Aquiel? Right. That a weird, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I... The dog turned into her. I forget what it is. Uh, no, the 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 that killer so that they thought was Aquiel, the killer turned into a dog. Oh, that's right. I think. Okay. Yeah. Sheer at one point falls in love with somebody who I guess is uh needs to be in Chief O'Brien. Right. No, <laughs> somebody who he wants to help because she can't handle the gravity. You remember this? Yeah. Mom, they turned um, the gravity off and she it's like Melora. Uh, Melora. Yeah. That episode's yeah. a little a little cringy too because she sort of takes on this role of like uh handy capable uh some yeah. sort of metaphor that she's trying to make. I'm like, you're fine. Doesn't he also fall in love with one of the the super smart people? He does. He he falls in love with patients a lot. Um, you know, because I think that's not cool. No, yeah. 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 And and in the Malur episode, it's extra cringy because like because he's so young, it's very early in the show, like second season, I think, and it plays very much just like you know, I I think it very clumsily handles. You know the, the like, I can, disability. I can fix you. I can fix you, and she's like, "There's nothing wrong with me." Right, and, and it plays. Like... It plays very much like I can fix you. That way, we can bang more often. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. not. not good. <clears throat> I don't like that. No, don't care for that. No, not good. Um, mm-hmm. Did you guys People spot? Are... Yeah. Yes. Did you did guys spot what the um the return of of one of the most working actors in all of Star Trek? As a guest star in this, Jeffrey comes. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Brunt. Yep. I love yes, it. Yes, I oh, I love this Ferengi episode. They have such. This is one of the better Ferengi episodes. I mean, that's a stupid thing to say because they're all the better episodes. Um, Rom's comedy is very good. Yeah. When you watch this again, like well, as I'm watching it with a different sort of uh, purpose. As mm-hmm. in a purpose is to talk about it. I see there's so many little nuances of the characters and Lita. Uh, they've did this a lot too on Deep Space Nine. Just sort of these background. They're not the A cast characters. They're more of the B cast of characters that just are recurring. Mm-hmm. She's like a nurse Ogawa. <clears throat> yeah. And they just become more important. Mm-hmm. to the show so even the even these b characters are integral um mm-hmm. which i love and uh lita come becomes like just like some random waitress who had a line and now she is the wife of the grand nagus so that's right <laughs> and 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 this i believe is really kind of the beginning of that you know the that that Mm-hmm. conversation yeah. about umox basically that is really the first time they start positioning lita and rom kind of together because like you said she's mm-hmm. still with dr Bashir. i think this is kind yeah. of the, the the beginning of it the end and the end where he she kisses him on the forehead that's and right it's like oh my goodness mm-hmm. uh yeah no it's yeah after great. he's asked her for your job i just can't with that but it, uh, well yeah. you know i mean i mean so yeah mm. different species you know different, what? Different, yeah, you know, different cultures are <laughs> different yeah, culture uh, different yeah culture. exactly exactly um yeah i and yeah i i think that um they do a really good job of just uh filling in all the 
secondary characters and tertiary characters and the secondary characters are related to the secondary characters and all that kind of stuff. It's just such a, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a really cool mix of characters. And I think this episode is, you know, I really enjoy when in the very beginning of DS9, Rom is very much, he's an idiot, or at least that's what Mm -hmm. we hear via Quark, basically. And the more you Mm -hmm. spend time with him, especially with this episode, you know, kind of being a linchpin of his whole narrative, he really comes across as definitely kind of a, a savant in a lot of ways. You know, he's and, not to me. It's like he's not an idiot. He's just no. not a. I'm going to do air quotes. Good Ferengi, as right. in how right, the Ferengis right, right, right. want yep. you to live in their in their world. Absolutely. Um, he doesn't have the the lobes for business, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he's very <laughs> smart. Like he can fix stuff. Man, he's like technically very uh, intelligent and skilled. It's the money he's not so great at so mm-hmm. um and he's this was his episode this was this was rom's oh, episode yeah. oh like, he's so good yeah he, he's so good he like put his foot down and nothing would move him like no matter what you say fork no matter what you say brother i know you're trying to take advantage of me and i'm not going to put up with this anymore and it was just impressive he picks up the precepts of, you know, a strike really mm-hmm. well, honestly. Mm-hmm. It goes from one, you know, errant thought from Dr. Bashir and then one mm-hmm. word of encouragement later from uh, from Chief O'Brien. And all of a sudden he's devouring, like, you know, literature and all that kind of stuff. And basically, and he becomes a really strong, like, union leader, honestly. It's really cool to see. Yeah, cool so you could really believe him as the leader of the Ferengis from this episode. <laughs> it is it is believable. Absolutely. Um, yep. I think the fact that he, when he heard the word union, he didn't, he knew what it was. It was a foreign in that no one does it, but he still right. had an awareness of it, which like, uh, you infers that the Ferengis at some point in the history have tried this before yeah because i got that I'm that's sure. why it's not allowed anymore because when he asks when 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 uh when dr Bashir clarifies you know like he doesn't ask for you know an explanation rom doesn't like like i don't understand what you're talking about it's more just like you can't possibly have suggested that just now right um so yeah no i i i definitely think that's the case and i, I you know what i i really enjoy too like this is I, I always get a kick so much out of like when Star Trek shows like the Federation interact with other cultures. And I think there's something so kind of so, so wonderfully kind of glib, you know, about, you know, Dr. Bashir is treating Rom in the infirmary and, and he one day he basically just says like, oh, yeah, you know, you should. It sounds like your your working conditions are terrible. You should form a union. Uh, and then Rom is pretty much inspired by this moment. He comes back later, and Dr. Bashir has this great look on his face where he's just like, Rom, I was speaking theoretically. And I love that because it's so just like, oh, hey, 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 look, look. no, 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 you can't hold me responsible for that. Like, no, I was just like saying stuff. Like, you know, like when I said you should do this, I, I didn't mean that you should do this, you know? Like, I just thought that was really funny. Another, that reminds me of another part that I thought was great was 
uh, Cisco's reaction. Well, Cisco oh, had yeah. just a few scenes in this. He had mm-hmm. a scene mm-hmm. uh, with Quark in his office, and he had a scene with uh, Worf, O'Brien, and Bashir in the jail, where he was like, "This is done. We can't. Like, what are you doing?" Um, but he, I love the way the character of Cisco figured out how to work with Quark. He's like, okay, all right, if you want to play this game by your rules, let me play by your rules. And by your right. rules, um, I yes, uh, you can go ahead and do this, but I, as the landlord of your establishment, can charge, you know, charge you all this stuff. And that's the language that Quark, Quark speaks. Like you mm-hmm. can't really threaten him uh otherwise. <laughs> so it's yeah it it, it, it's so good especially too because like you get the energy in that exchange and this happens several times over the course of the series that you know um cisco is very lenient on quark and you know he brings that up in the sense that he's never asked for rent before and things like that and it does a great job of communicating this idea just like oh just because we cut you a break you know like you yeah it seems like you might be thinking that we're weak you know like i am not weak you know like and 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 i'm going to prove it to you and i i, I think that energy is so cool and i love how the temperature changes in the room when quark realizes what cisco's threatening i'm also what reading a little bit about yeah. how um how a lot of people who are involved in this episode really love the pro union of it all i mean cuz yeah. people who are involved in this are all they're in SAG, they're in the Writers Guild, they're all these things. And so um, apparently um, this is an episode favorite of Armin Shimmerman because it deals with that subject um, because he sits on the board of directors of the Screen Actors Guild and is very passionate about labor-related disputes. So yep. um, I think that's pretty cool. And then he yep. was saying that, you know, he was, it was he thought it was ironic that he had to be the management per- portion of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think it's, it's it, it comes through, their passion for unions comes through. Um, I find it very interesting, too, that Odo gets one scene when he's in the bar with Quark, where he essentially says, like, unions sound like nothing but trouble, you know, and if you need collective <laughs> bargaining to get what you want, you know, it's not worth it. Um, oh, and I feel like no, a lesser he has show. Another scene. He has another oh, he has a sex with, with Worf. Worf. You're right. Yeah, yeah for that right. segment, too, because Worf is really having a hard time. Yeah. Uh, with the transition from the Enterprise to Deep Space Nine because it's so different. And um, he is wants to be the head of security, but he is not. He cannot do that. That is not his job anymore. So he has to give that up, but he's having a hard right. time doing that. Right, right. I do like, I look, I like that scene. Odo clearly was ready for Worf to come to him with complaints about security breaches because he had at the ready... <laughs> <laughs> different examples of the enterprise's failures in security <laughs> oh he yeah. looked that up in advance he had it ready including i think mm-hmm. when that grifter came from like the future or not from the future but he came with the and stole a bunch of stuff and then yeah um, mm-hmm. yeah when the two ferengi like stole stole uh took control of the enterprise or whatever yeah i think it's very mm-hmm. very very funny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very funny yeah um but anyway so so yeah so odo has another scene but he has that key scene with quark when he's talking about you know how he really doesn't approve of what ram is doing and i feel like a lesser show would give odo a scene where he kind of changes his mind but it doesn't you know that's just who he is and that's what he feels and like that's it no. basically in the it same totally way that makes sense because from totally odo's character sense. perspective he just sees a mob yeah. of people being mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. disorderly the, the, he doesn't... The, the, 
that's the, worse the, for him. The show always, you know, right from the start, really does kind of paint Odo with very particular colors, and that like Odo is not like uh, like a super fascist, but like you know, there's definitely a sense of just like there were parts of Cardassian rule that he was kind of okay with, you know, like <laughs> it's very, He's it's like, very well. The trains did run on time, kind of thing. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you know, so he, um, he you really know. liked the the regiment, the regiments mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> just who he is. And I like that. They give him the credit of just like, no, he's not going to change. That's who he is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very funny. Um, and very, very, very true. Um, all in all, I think I really enjoyed it. And I uh, I was glad, too, that we watched another Deep Space Nine that wasn't so silly after the last one we watched. <laughs> yeah. And uh, brought me back to a, a deeper love of Deep Space Nine again. Um, any thoughts on this? Final thoughts on this one before we move to the next episode, the lower decks episode. Not that I can think of. I think we got it. Yeah. Okay. Great. So the other episode we're here to discuss is Parth Ferengi's Parth Ferengi's Heart's Heart Place <laughs> um, uh, from Lower Decks, and in that one, a Ferengi ship is attacked by the mysterious vessel, as planned by one of its unfortunate crew, who is also caught in the blast. Meanwhile, Captain Freeman is tasked with aiding a Starfleet admiral with formalizing the agreement to approve the Ferengi joining the Federation, but is ignored when she senses that that Grand Nagus Ram and First Clerk Lita are conning them. As the admiral falls deeper into the altered terms of their agreement, Freeman cons them back with an impossible deal, which garners their respect. Ram and Lita agree to the original terms of the Federation, earning the admiral's thanks. Meanwhile, Ransom assigns the group travel guide duty, allowing them to enjoy the pleasures of Ferenginar, but Mariner is irritated by his unflagging (laughs) support. (laughs) (laughs) Meeting up with her friend Quimp, she gets drunk and causes senseless fights until Quimp calls her out on her tantrum, telling her that she should accept being in a good place for once in her career. And Boimler plans an ambitious sightseeing agenda, but becomes entranced by Ferengi television. Kendi and Rutherford are asked to pose as a married couple as part of their assignment, but find the romantic experience awkwardly too close to home. Um, and that's part yeah. of Ferengi's hard place. Mm-hmm. You know I'm here for the romance. I know you are. You love, you I love some Star just, Trek romance. I just love some Star Trek romance. So let's just let's just set that on the table right now. Let's just set the table with romance. With romance? Yeah. Okay. All right. Today. Uh, clearly, these two characters are in love. Well, they have been kind of from the jump, I feel like. I feel like it's that's been bubbling since season one. Nothing's going to happen because they seem very happy with their current mm-hmm. inter- relationship. They don't want it to change. That's the way they like it. I mean, things got to change to experience a greater joy at some point, <laughs> right? Yeah. Things have to change. I, you yeah. see your friend naked and suddenly things are better. Right? They'll do uh, like uh mm-hmm. they'll do like a like a the last scene of Harry Potter thing where you flash forward to the future and mm. you just see them married with some children. Just together. They'll just be together. Somehow surmounting all the trauma they experienced in those seven years at Hogwarts school, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I yeah. like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of PTSD, <laughs> a lot of therapy. Yeah. Or mm. or a start they'll do a lower decks movie and it's their wedding. And uh-huh. uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. somebody has to sing. 
<laughs> someone has to get pushed off the side of a boat on a plank. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. I um, like chocolate sculpt. I would like a chocolate sculpture of myself. <laughs> um, yum, yum, yum. Now remind me that was in this episode, or you just yeah. Want to know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a non sequitur. No, is this related? To this? They had to eat chocolate uh, versions of oh, themselves. Oh right, that's right, that's right. And uh, yeah, while they sat on a lie detector and said things they love about each other. That part I remember. Now, do you think as an artist you would be able to create a chocolate sculpture of somebody? No, I was imagining it more of a three D printing, but the oh, ink is chocolate. <laughs> Perfectly, pink is perfectly tempered chocolate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that technology is available to us, and just people have not put those two things together yet. Well, you better patent that now before uh, before the lint people get a hold of it and uh, I know. take all that money out from under you. You know, yeah, <laughs> Giardelli, <laughs> damn you! Yeah. yeah. Um. No, I like that. I, 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 it was very fun to watch them be like, "Oh no, yeah, yes, we're in love." Uh, very, very cute. <laughs> this, this, this energy, like this episode, reminded me a lot of that um, episode of The Simpsons, the one where Michelle Pfeiffer guest stars, and she's uh -huh. someone who works the plant, and she gets being put like Homer is trying desperately not to be attracted to her to not have an affair basically <laughs> but they keep being getting thrown together and they keep mm -hmm. having to be like oh yeah we're just having a normal dinner right you know like that kind of thing like it like mm -hmm. it, it feels you know like people people not sure what they're trying to talk themselves into um and i i mm -hmm. really enjoy that kind of manic energy whenever uh rutherford gets super manic um i always really enjoy it yeah that's an incredible episode of the simpsons too oh yeah Oh, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's oh, Margie, right. you came and you brought me a turkey. Yep. <laughs> on my vacation away from work. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can I just say, too, um, uh, Pog and Dar, uh, top landlords, is maybe the one of the best jokes I think I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen on Lower, mm -hmm. lower Decks. Mm -hmm. all, of the, all of the Ferengi, like, uh -huh. yeah, uh, you know, um, ad ad filled television which is clearly what we have today anyway yes <laughs> was yes. so good it was a definite uh reference to our current we are on Frankenar. yeah this is basically Frankenar. and i totally empathize with boimler because i would have started watching that and i would have been like wait we got to keep watching this i can't yeah. go anywhere i have to absolutely. watch absolutely absolutely <laughs> i gotta find out what happens on cop landlords <laughs> or the the workplace romance where everyone's in love with each other but nobody that's knows. right yes <laughs> <laughs> did we see any female ferengis on this episode because we did. Mm -hmm. they were clothed so this yes. is another big thing this is another big thing rom is in charge and the women are allowed to go out in public with clothes on that's a big yeah. deal but Mugi was the first yep. Mugi right? was the first she was a trailblazer that's right yep mm -hmm. Um, um, if you, uh, uh, this sounds, you know, this sounds weird to say, but like, if you study the crowd scenes, actually, it seems like, uh, I, it, they're, they, they definitely threw some, you know, they, they threw some nude Ferengis in there to kind yeah. of, uh, you know, solidify the idea that just like, well, not everyone has adapted to the changes, you know? So, mm. um, 
because it, it but, oh, but I yes. gotta look through that. I gotta, I'm mm-hmm. gonna look for some naked there, Ferengi. There, look for yeah, some later. naked Ferengi. Yeah, <laughs> it seems weird. I, I could, I didn't look for. It. I just noticed it. We're just like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, there's, there's no. a naked one. Yeah, yeah. just like you no. just knew about the movie Bound. We get it, Michael. Okay, that's that is a great, <laughs> great movie. Brown's a great movie. Wow, that's what's great about um, uh, Lower Decks, though, because sometimes they just do these visual references. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. need to talk about it. They just put it there for you to find. It's like a Where's Waldo. Mm-hmm. Like a Where's so Waldo. Many, uh, so many Easter eggs and Trek. Easter eggs for yeah. naked aliens. That's right. That's right. <laughs> really good. <laughs> yeah. Naked humanoids. I mean, let's not go crazy. You know, I guess. I feel like we see other non-humanoid naked aliens. We don't really think anything about it because they're just all tense. Good point. You know, it's a good point. Yeah, or just cloud, is, you know, or like a nebulous form, or moves. Is, it, is nudity even obscene when it's not human? Think about it. Hey, listen, Puritans. Mm. Hello. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, hello. Did you guys watch are, Avatar? Those guys are, are all practically naked. They me? really are. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. Uh-huh. Yes, they yeah. are. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> yeah. not the Airbender <laughs> Avatar. The other. No, I know. No, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very mm-hmm. tall and blue, and, I, <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> and the second one, they get super wet. Ooh, they do because it's, <laughs> it's the ocean. So they get wet. It is. It's they like yeah. It's the um. Ocean. Okay, I don't want to talk about Avatar because that's fair. That's terrible. <laughs> I once had a dream where I watched the movie Avatar and then I dreamed that the movie was still going on. And I'm like, how long is this movie? And my mind just kept the movie go anyway. And we're not oh, here no. to talk about that because that was a long, long ass movie. That, 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 that sounds was the like the first a... one? <laughs> no, that, the second that, one. That does the sound like it could have. Oh, the second one. Okay. Yeah. That, that does sound like it could have not been a dream. I know that's what's so crazy about it. <laughs> what did what did Mariner say when she got off of the the ship at uh on Ferengi? She on Ferenginar, she said something like, Wow, it's like heaven if God didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, it, <laughs> but it was oh God, yeah, yeah. something different. It was it, so funny. It, she says, she says, it's like it's like heaven if God were stupid. Yes. <laughs> Which is such a great line. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. I also like her sensible Ferengi friend, just trying to be like, what are you doing? Just uh-huh. grow up already. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I love a sensible Ferengi, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a returning from the, I think the very second episode of Lower Decks, like the when she gets her Ferengi friend to um, you know, kind of set up to kind of boost um Boimler's ego, I believe. So oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a returning yeah, character. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Uh Oh well. Oh well. I'll watch it again. I don't remember. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, what's just like the previous episodes of the prime subjective? It's like it's gone for me for now, and then I'll rewatch <laughs> it and it'll come back. Um but so so the part of her whole thing is she's she's uh the unflagging support of ransom is what's pushing her over the edge, right? It's that he's like Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't she's, like that. She's just beating herself up because I don't know why. I don't know why, Mariner. Uh, she's got a problem with authority. Yeah, or or um, a fear of success. A fear yeah. of success. And I I think just a fear of kind of losing her identity in the sense that like mm-hmm. I'm the iconoclast. You know, if I am suddenly being respected and boosted, you know, despite what I'm doing, am I even doing it well? Am I doing anything well? Kind of thing, you know. Hmm. Hmm. It's true. Yeah. 
Um, now, this is even after the um, the uh, Moopsie episode where right. she had that revelation. So she's still struggling with it. Yeah. Well, I guess reflects that, you know, you can have a revelation and still be plagued by the thoughts, even if you have, yeah. you know, <clears throat> overcome parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I, I it's it, it's like she kind of takes this opportunity to like, I'm going to run away from my revelation. And then someone in her life, you know, a friend, yeah. no less, is basically just like, no, you're being stupid. Yeah, I, I love the idea of an emotionally well-balanced Ferengi basically calling a Federation person out on their <laughs> shit. Yeah, I like that too. Um, it just makes me it does make me think the fear of success makes you think of this other Maria Bamford joke. I know that's all I ever do is talk about mm-hmm. Maria Bamford, but deal mm-hmm. with it. I like her a lot. Good topic. Yeah. Good topic. Um, she always she says, um, um, someone's like, oh, you just got a fear of success. She's like, yeah, I do because. I feel like being successful would really cut into my sitting around time. And I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so true. true. <laughs> it will. It does. I've That's 100% it. It does. accurate. It does cut into your sitting around time. <laughs> I've got a lot of Korean dramas to watch. That takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. There's a yeah. lot of them. I hear you. I hear you. I've got a new whole new Mario game to play, you know, so I I don't want to. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to be up to date with the teens of today by playing Super Mario Wonder, Mm -hmm. uh, which actually is quite fun. I will say it's a very good time. Oh, I got to get that. It's good. It's good. And maybe the baby can play. Probably not, though, because he is still a baby. So he's um, a baby. He's a baby. He's a baby. A couple years. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. He's very advanced. He's pretty much a prodigy. He's the most genius baby. Wait, does Scott play play a Nintendo Switch at all or no? Yes, but we had to. He now he plays in secret in his office. <laughs> what, wait, why? <laughs> because of the baby. The baby oh, wants like, the cords. The baby pulls like ooh cords. I can chew on. It's oh, like a, he's like a dog. He's like a little dog. He like bites you and chews on cords. <laughs> he's like crawling around the ground, pulling on cords and chewing. Harry, what are your thoughts on motherhood? Well, he's like a little dog that bites he's you like and chews on dog. cords. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Got, we got like him in a pen half the day because he's well like, that's a lot of kids yeah that makes sense they don't they, they're not yet aware of the things that can hurt them you know yeah 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 we accidentally taught him to play fetch um <laughs> we didn't on purpose teach him how to play fetch but we have a dog who every single night we play fetch with this little squeaky lamb doll and our dog, who's like 13 years old, has never figured out how to play fetch. Cannot do it. Mercy's 13? Never... Yeah, she cannot grasp the concept of fetch. But Arlo has been watching this every single night of his life and has figured it out. So he gets up, he goes and gets the lamb, he brings it back to Scott like every single time because my dog won't do it. <laughs> And he's like, that's good though because fetch can easily turn into catch yeah. which will be a lovely game it's to play true. Later, you know? it's true and they were like get the lamb get the lamb baby go get the lamb and he gets the lamb and he's like raves in it over his head and anyway so yeah it is like having a little dog sometimes and do he and do he and marcy get along um no oh no i'm sorry <laughs> i didn't i didn't know Oops. No, they're cool. No, they're cool. They're cool. They're cool with each other. They're cool. Okay. Mars, as long as Mars Arlo doesn't touch Marcy. Marcy yeah. just doesn't want him to touch her. 
Well, I imagine that he looks a little threatening to her. He's like close on, he's on her level. He's down yeah. there. Like, yeah. yeah. That. It's a little monster. For and she's like, not a huge Ooh. dog. She's like a little, no. yeah. It's much smaller than Arlo now at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, where Marcy's like, I don't know, 10 pounds. And Arlo's like 23 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you do some so real damage. Woo. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that was uh, I like that. I like a little a little insight mm-hmm. into the uh, the Hinner's home. <laughs> a lot of fun. How how yeah. are your cats and dogs, Michael? Are they getting along? And uh... no, they never get along. No, um, um, no. Uh, I have one cat who is a perfect little angel. Uh, she's mine, just uh, you know, as opposed to uh, my other half's uh, animals. But uh, so uh, I, you might think I'm biased, but no, I'm not. She's just perfect in every way. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, we have one other cat who is a potster and also likes to antagonize and also likes to try to steal food. And also likes to try to get the dog involved because the dog uh, loves to bark at my cat for, you know, any and all transgressions. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes they team up to kind of gang up on her. So uh, oh. thankfully, though, in the past couple of months, she's kind of gotten a little bit more kind of spirited at fighting back. So, you know, there's there's something approaching some kind of equilibrium, some kind of mutual mutual respect going on, I guess, at some point where at least that's the destination. So, you know, that's but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes, you know, something will just happen and my one cat will go upstairs and the other cat will chase and the other dog will bark and, and then the dog will bark at like 1230 in the morning. So, mm. you know, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad to hear there's more equi- equilibrium coming in at the yeah. least. <laughs> And what about my small children and dogs? You ask. Well. Yeah, no, no, Chris. I have a better, Chris. I have a better question. What about your small children and dogs? Well, I have none, but the rats <laughs> out about in our backyard. Uh, yeah, I did we think about the rats. Still squeaking like crazy. Let me tell you. Oh, Anytime oh, we have the gross. windows open at like nighttime, it's just like I'm like, oh no, they sound real big. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's so terrible. Not oh, wonderful. They're uh, starting to organize. Well, yeah, they're, they're forming a cat. They're forming yeah. a union back there. They're forming a union. We should mm. we should get a little outdoor cat, but then you put food out for the cat and that attracts more rats anyway. So it's like, what do you do? Is the sure. you might end up getting one of those cats who just like don't care. You know, yeah. like you're like, whatever. And we can't we can't have a cat inside anyway, because both of us are allergic. So it would be yeah. it would be no no yeah. bueno. But um we'll figure it out, you know. Let's and... do what they want, man. If that cat decides it's gonna be an inside cat. There's mm-hmm. no stopping. There's no stopping. Or a rat cat. sympathizer. Yeah, a rat exactly. Sympathizer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the very least, a rat look the other way or. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. right, right, right. I mean, I don't have to go back there that much at night. Um, so I don't I don't really see them. So it's not that big of a deal unless you're taking out the trash. But what if we were to have like a summer garden party, of, you know, the evening and sure. then suddenly there's a rat yeah. looking at the charcuterie plate like what do you do? But we'll, we'll, we'll I <laughs> saw a documentary once called Ratatouille that told me that oh a that great documentary would, yeah would, that yeah. would lead to wonderful cuisine um <laughs> and really a wonderful time so um you know just take that for what it's worth i like the every everything everywhere all at once take on that rakakuni <laughs> really, yeah. very adorable <laughs> <laughs> i was very into what that what is the that reminds me is that the is that a raccoon reference that they keep doing in lower decks what is oh, there's that? like a loose raccoon. Is it a 
panda no a koala it's a koala oh the koala oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. what's the koala, with the koala guys the Wait, when people die koala. right or when mm-hmm. people like when people die there's a koala they see or there's they like... like a koala mm-hmm. yeah in the most recent episode too that we have to talk about still there's a koala as well yeah there's a koala on the other side I'll have to do some life. research. I'm sure that some I'm sure that somebody on the internet has put together a theory about what the koala is. Koala um, theory. Koala theory. Yeah. It actually feels like kind of adventure timey to me. Like that they have that big owl in adventure time, mm-hmm. but you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I I don't yet know what these aliens are that are killing slash kidnapping or whatever the aliens. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling it's caretaker like from Voyager. That's my prediction. Oh, okay, like they're that's being zapped somewhere else, and they're not actually dead. Yeah, that's my oh, prediction. Interesting. interesting. It's so. I mean, it's it's fun to think, if only because um, it's fun to think about because Lower Decks knows its lore so well that if you're entertaining the possibility of well this could be something from star trek history i'm like it could be anything because they know everything you know and there's something so familiar to me about that ship the way it turns sideways Mm -hmm. and but i just can't place it it's actually the original x-wing so it's from the star wars universe and they're doing a crossover Uh, yeah i see i actually don't know enough about Star, star wars to even make reference to like what it would be from there not like it's not like I like it enough, but it's not like my you know go to. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. As evidenced when uh, at work last year, I think I told you guys this for Secret Santa, I had written that I like Star Trek stuff, and someone got me Star Wars socks, oh. and I shamed I shamed them in front of the whole office. Wow! I said I like Star wow. Trek, not Star Wars. That is incorrect. <laughs> like you read up to Star and then stopped, and then you stopped, yeah. and I was like, I'll return these. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> And I did. <laughs> and you did. And I don't know. I sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, any any final thoughts on this episode or the other these episodes? I was this happy is... to see Rom and Lita back. That's that was fun. Um yeah. the actors yeah. Max mm-hmm. and Chase Masterson. Chase yeah. Masterson. Max yeah. Groden Groden Chick. Groden Chick. Chase Masterson, the name of Nicole Kidman's character from the Batman. Oh no, it's Chase Meridian. I'm no, sorry. Chase Meridian is who you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Chase Meridian. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Beautiful name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was happy to see them back as well. And it was it was a lot of fun. I'm I I am excited to finally find out what the hell has been you know vaporizing all these different aliens so we yeah can oh and i am happy that the ferengis are in the federation now it's canon can't take it back yeah yeah true <laughs> they're yeah. in the federation they are in the bajoran still aren't it's great wow yeah oh man that's wow. something to think about yeah not this yet I, this i think is one of the they are this is one of the funniest episodes I think they've done in uh, a while, honestly. And and Lower Decks is never not funny, but I mean, for this this one right. was just just knocking dingers out of the park left and right, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe I'm just still tickled by uh, landlord cops, honestly. Which is maybe I think like, you are. I think we all are, I, though. I think that's the, well the, worth being tickled by. You know? <laughs> just the funniest idea for you know a Ferengi super capitalistic, you know, heroic TV show <laughs> like ever, basically. That's so funny. Well, great. Well, any any recommendations of anything else you're enjoying, uh, even outside the Trek world? Things that I have watched this week, I watched um, 
Renfield, mm-hmm. which I liked, which I liked better than I thought I was going to like, mm-hmm. um, mostly because I love Aquafina. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I just yeah, love Aquafina. And um, Upload is back. I never watched Upload. Is it is it worthwhile? It's good. I think it's yeah. definitely worthwhile. Upload is worthwhile. Have you seen it? Michael, I've not, I've not seen it. No, upload is very worthwhile, guys, and it's short. It's sitcom length. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay, so Excellent. I recommend. We've been um, watching the start new. Um, at the beginning. We've been watching the new um, spinoff from the boys, which is called Gen V. Right, it's about okay. like the college that superheroes. It's pretty good. I mean, it's yeah. pretty good. I watched. There's all the things you like. Yeah, did you like it? I. It's the the gory stuff gets to me where it like That's makes all me feel do. like it <laughs> crawls, like makes my skin crawl a little bit. Yeah. But sure. yeah, 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 it's pretty good. <laughs> um, we've been watching uh, The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Um, which I'm really enjoying um, because it, it, it really does a good job of um, updating and remixing a whole lot of Edgar Allan Poe, but in a way that makes me feel like oh this it's horror with something to say it's not shy about you know being very political and very sociological and everything but at the same time yeah um but at the same time it is using the post stuff for more than just decoration and it really feels like oh they really thought a lot about how to take the spirit of a lot of these stories and really kind of like you know ratchet it into the present day really enjoying it a lot also scarier than i expected it is pretty scary. I, I will say, you know, I'm not always the biggest Mike Flanagan fan. Uh, okay. Like Midnight Mass didn't really do it for me. I was like, how many humorless 10-minute monologues could one uh, uh, series have? That's, that's my favorite one he's done, honestly. That is peak of Mount Flanagan for me. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we have to agree to disagree on that one. There was just okay. one scene where, like, she just, they, we were talking about, oh, I forget where it was, but there was one monologue where I was just like, is she still talking? <laughs> oh my god he does he does like to write characters who love to talk he does did you all see the the wes anderson shorts on netflix did you watch any of those no still need to those are so wes anderson that those are like wes anderson doing a parody of wes anderson (laughs) at a certain point that's all that's left to do yeah he's really leaned into it he's like how (laughs) more me can i get Um, (laughs) And then he's like, what style? I don't have a style. uh, So we'll check that out. Oh, Oh, and and Michael. Yes. Yes. You go. You go. Uh, Michael, I watched a trailer for that scary movie you recommended a few weeks ago. And the the trailer was too scary for me to watch. I completely (laughs) understand. The one on Hulu? Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, You can't run. You can't hide. No no one will save you. No one will save you. Oh, oh my I already God. feel that I way about Planet Earth. That. Do we need to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no one will save you. No one will mm. save you. Um, the other thing is they they made a great British Bake Off musical. And we've been oh, listening to that. Oh. <laughs> oh, what? I mean, it's a little derivative, but it's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, there's a whole Soggy Bottom song. You know, there's, it's, it's, uh, oh it's, uh... <laughs> there are so many ball and beaver references this season on there are a lot of ball references yeah There's yeah so i love ball. it like they're just leaning once, in once they made that beaver joke they can't they it opened the floodgates 
And now it's all balls, balls, balls. Well, yeah, he said something this week. It was just like, uh, yeah, too, too much nuts in my mouth. And we're like, okay. <laughs> oh, I saw someone right. someone did a super cut of all the nut stuff from the past couple weeks, honestly. So it oh, was really? longer than I expected it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that my boyfriend and I were laughing at, that when they made those cottage loaves and you have yeah. to like, you know, put a poke a hole in the center of it. Yeah. And then one guy, Maddie, was like, we were all like, oh dear, <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> What's happening on the bake-off This right is now? a little sexual on the bake-off. <laughs> so funny. Oh, man. Mm. Well, on that note, uh, it's been a wonderful episode of The Prime Subjective. Thank you for joining us. Uh, join us again next week when we will be discussing uh, two more episodes of Star Trek. Uh, to be to mm. be determined. And uh, <laughs> TBD. TBD. Um, but on that note, we're going to leave you with the um, uh, the Bake Off theme. Beep boop beep boop beep boop beep boop beep boop beep boop beep beep beep. I go. And a raspberry.